0: It's another day here at wake up with KC and I'm I'm always fascinated about human beings and you know I ask this question you know how can you live your life with passion and love even as a transgender and I have a very special guest that is beautiful and oh my gosh funny and She joins us today. Please welcome Allison Church. Allison, thank you so much, Gorgeous, coming on Oh, and I like your shirt, Disco. I love Disco,
1: too. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
0: And can, you know, first off, you know, share with the audience a little bit about you and, you know, where you're from and... in in your journey. And when did you discover that, you know, you wanted to be the you that brings you great joy, happiness, and you just love being that you?
1: Well, um, I I currently live in Kansas City. I am originally from Los Angeles. I am a California native. Um, I owe where I am to my parents um, moving around a lot when I was a child because they had to go where the work was. Um, I didn't really understand who I was until I was in about 15. That's when I started noticing that I wasn't into sports. I mean, I could watch them for the thing that they were, but I didn't care. Uh, I gravitated more toward the female side of the street. And all my life I battled with denial because I tried to fight who I was. Uh, by the, um, <laughs> about 2020, I decided to take the turn and become who I am. And I've been happy, happy ever since. This is the happiest I've ever been in my life. It's a sort of like um, the classic novel Lost Weekend. It took me a weekend of self-reflection and agony to transform myself. And usually with every birth, there's a little pain uh but there was a lot of revelation and learning to be who i am to drop that former person to become allison has been an adventure i wouldn't trade for the world
0: and very happy I, i i know there's i mean you know picking out shoes picking out you know the makeup and the wigs and the outfit that must be the fun
1: part it, it is but at the same time there are a hell of a lot of wardrobe malfunctions and bad mistakes <laughs> i mean when i first when i first started my eyebrows looked across between ernest Borgnine and joan crawford oh <laughs> it well, was like I, <laughs> I have the same
0: problem with my eyebrows too so don't feel bad
1: it <laughs> was like Eugene Levy came and did my eyebrows for me.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, oh, my God.
1: finding the right colors that would go with my contours and my face. Uh, I just only recently had the courage to buy some dresses. So I have three dresses. I'm ready for spring. I want spring to get here. <laughs> right. It's been, it's been amazing. And there have been some re- real moments of heartbreak because I've had friends ghost me. I've had friends um, treat me painfully polite and I've lost my fair share, but I've made some great friends in the interim. Um, Wonderful support groups, which I believe anyone who is having an identity crisis uh, has gender dysphoria or something thereabouts, they should find for the just a simple fact of venting, be able to talk about stuff and uh, complain, why am I having bad hair days? Why am I so damn clumsy? And why can't I walk in high heels?
0: <laughs> I still have a, uh, a problem sometimes wearing high heels. So don't, you know, It, it it's just high heels, got them. you know, it's like, you know, when you're a baby and you're learning how to walk. Oh, yeah. So.
1: yeah. That's been. It's been like that. It's like day one. It's like just, I'm learning how to reprogram my brain to be Allison. And it's not that it's hard. It's an adventure. And like everything, it takes some uh, falling down and getting back up mm-hmm. to redo it, especially the falling down and getting back up. Um, On the other side of the spectrum, I'm also a a published writer and uh, i write horror science fiction uh fantasy dark fantasy um okay how dark,
0: how dark are we going with the dark fantasy
1: well there's one book where after uh, the proverbial third world war um a very very demented and twisted united nations takes over the planet and, you know you know, how dark things get and dystopias and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, religion is outlawed. So if anybody is caught, uh, like if they stub their toe and say, Jesus Christ, boom, that's either a life sentence or death. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, Fahrenheit, you know, with the forbidden print. It's like the same thing. They figured that the last war was caused by religious uh BS and it became a scapegoat and they couldn't get rid of politics. So they got rid of religion.
0: Wow. That is interesting because, you know, I got out of religion knowing what I know. Uh, now. Me too. But there's a, there is a history that people don't even understand of how it was originated and why and where that book actually came from. And there's a misconception about that. There's deceit and lies about it. And I feel like that is one of the biggest problems. We're living in a lie because of what an organization put together. You have a false identity of who you are. You're living in limited beliefs, mental programming, even emotional energetic traumas because of it.
1: Yes. Yes. My uh, grandfather taught me something or said something to me. When I was in my impressionable years, it stuck with me. He told me, he said, God created faith. Satan created religion.
0: And my thing is, is there is really no such thing as Satan. There isn't such thing as man.
1: There, that, that is true. But at the same time, it's a good uh, kickback to the dark side of humankind. You know, if you don't have uh, another yeah. name for it, you know,
0: oh, you can call it that.
1: Oh, it's the ego. No, oh, yeah, like the id. It's the it's the bad part of uh, everything that's in the collective. I don't know what it is, but it seems like if it doesn't pay taxes or doesn't propagate, you know, more people to get into the belief, suddenly it's evil and forbidden.
0: Hey, that's history repeating itself, and it's been going on yep. for thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years.
1: God, yes, and uh, it's it's disturbing to me because there is so much potential there that can be harnessed and channeled to the people who desperately need help, and they're not doing it because of this lie that we're living.
0: Uh, you know what, don't you know what, Allison? The one thing that I can honestly say you know especially to you and the others that want to be not like you but be the best version of themselves yes is be you be you be happy no matter what because in truth is you are god and you can be whoever you want to be, do whatever you want to do, and have whatever you want to have. You are experiencing God and itself and the human being that you're in. Yep, I we're believe all, that. We're all spiritual beings. We're sexual beings inside of a human being. Experiencing life. That's it.
1: Yes, I believe that. That's a good analogy. Um, I actually explored that in one of my books. Uh, It's called Knowing God. And it's a story about a gentleman that goes through, uh, he he committed suicide and had a near-death experience. And when he came back, he was haunted by this rendering of a female that he saw in the proverbial tunnel of light, who simply just said, go back. And when he's back and he gets out of the mental because you can't try to kill yourself and not have that consequence. He finds this girl and she's the most perfect, annoyingly perfect person he's ever seen. It turns out that this woman is God. And she came down to find out why everybody is killing themselves because it confuses her. She doesn't understand why. And from that voyage, you discover that everything about religion, everything about dogma, everything about belief, We've all gotten it wrong, and she's like, one time she's in a in a tirade in the kitchen, and she's talking, and she says, "You guys got it all wrong. You've rewritten it. Fall of empires, change of emperors, change of corrupt popes. I mean, and first off, Noah was a woman, and it was in the Garden of Eden. It wasn't an apple; it was a peach. So I totally rewrote everything and, and I'm, I'm I I didn't do that to upset." the people who have their beliefs, because even though my belief is different, I do not have the authority, nor do I think I have the right to take away other people's beliefs. It's just as sacred to them as mine is to me. And uh, I want to say that perhaps dogma might be a little on the not so true side. And people should question something that they put their entire eternity In the hands of.
0: Well, I mean, religion is organized. It was created by man.
1: Yes, it was, and it was created to suppress women.
0: Thank you, thank (laughs) you, because if people knew, that's why I was like, I don't want to step foot in any religion, knowing what I know now.
1: No, no, I think. Well, it also
0: murderers in history of the world.
1: Yeah. There are also uh, evidence that the reason why homosexuality, transgenderism, and all the other isms out there that aren't, uh, you know, you know the, the staple of the faith, reason why they're not accepted by the church is because these people, through no fault of their own, can have children that can be propagated and programmed to stay in the religion. Uh, once they die... There's no taxes that's coming from that, you know, family unit. So these things have to be bad because, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. but you know what? They were doing it like discreetly, molesting, raping. Yes. But yet, oh, he, their authority. What oh. is he saying? Uh, don't do as I do. Do as I say.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that's it. <sighs> I would not want to be a, um, ethically, uh, believing lawyer who had to work for those people.
0: Uh, uh-uh.
1: that would be a, that would be too much of a challenge from me, for me. And I'm sure that there's been a few of them that have lived the agonies of the dam wandering dark at, you know, like three o'clock in the morning.
0: It's law um, of attraction. Hello? Yeah.
1: Hello. yeah. It's. There's nothing in the Bible that I've been able to find that says that it's against God's will to have a priest have a wife. There's nothing in there that says that. I mean, if everybody says, well, Paul, Paul was a dick. Don't listen. I mean, why are they just listening? (laughs) He was a dick. Let your women be silent in church.
0: What? <laughs> oh yeah, oh don't it. And you know what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there's forgery, and first, first or second Peter, Paul, uh, you have to understand those parts were written after these guys died, and a lot of them were illiterate and did not even know how to read. Because yeah,
1: way after. I think the only one that came close was probably. I think it was Matthew, if I'm not mistaken. It was written like a century after uh, Christ was crucified.
0: Oh, there's so much uh, more that they. That I've come to research and I'm still like I'm learning so much more because I'm an intuitive I asked a question and my guides show me it might doesn't happen like within 24 hours, but in a few days time or a week or a month, it shows up and I'm like, Oh my God. I remember asking this question. Holy shit. I'm like, really? Oh my God. Because I could go back to Sumerian.
1: Oh yeah. Most of our, most of our, uh, core beliefs, were, I guess, adopted by the Judaic faith during their dystopia, you know, living in Babylon. I mean, that's why when you look at the story of Noah, it looks like it's telling two different stories because it's telling the story of Noah and the story of Gilgamesh, which they just kind of led.
0: (laughs) Plagiarism.
1: And, you know, it's it's not so much, uh, I don't blame those people because it's human nature to have, a parent figure. And like uh, Sigmund Freud once said, he said, if there was not a God, more probable the mankind would have created him. Oh, wow. So it makes you wonder if, and I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to destroy people's beliefs. Mine is, is that it's kind of like Moses's. If if I'm going to believe in Lord, my God, He's going to have to come down and tell me Himself or herself.
0: I just know that from my own experience, and that's another reason why I got a religion. I'm like, oh my God, we've had it all wrong for centuries, and we have it all wrong, like because of my own experience, you know, connecting to that spiritual being, the higher self, and then this divine source is greater intelligence that keeps my heart beating and i don't have to think about it that keeps my lungs inhaling and exhaling and i don't have to think about it that's something amazing
1: yes yes um one time i aired my beliefs like i'm doing here and someone says well what god do you believe in i thought about it for a bit and i said i believe in the god that I'm when I'm facing a desperate moment, and I really need help, and I pray to that God at three o'clock in the morning, that's the God I believe in, not the uh, Jesus crispy, give money to Jesus person, you know. And, but
0: if we were all gods, we all have the power to change. True.
1: true. and the collective- we in the
0: image. It, it, you in a good book. We we are all gods, and it's supposed to be this Jesus Christ said. Isn't it written in your laws that you are all gods?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, If the collective good of man can be strong enough not to be inhibited by um, weaknesses, politics, or greed, I think that uh, this could be a good planet in a couple generations
0: well that's what and you know what it's you know we are the masters of our own destiny and the captains to our soul I agree and if we want and I was I actually had a guest on my show and I can't say who it is very famous author and he said something really profound and He goes, if we all change our behaviors and demonstrate kindness, love, then we can shift and change to make our world a better place for future generations. And it goes in more detail, but it's like energy. And when I talk about emotional energetic traumas, a lot of people are living in the past. We're all been living in the past. And he said, you know, that's like the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over and over. It's like history repeating itself over and over and over until you wake up and realize I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. What can wow. we do to change that? It first has to change up here, change what's in here, and then act differently.
1: And make sure what comes out of here doesn't cancel the other two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I've been working at like I, I'm like being more consciously aware of the the words I speak. Like, can't, want, and need, or, uh, and hope are out of my vocabulary.
1: Well, except for if you say, I hope I never say can't again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just say, you know what? I have faith that I will, I am is the most powerful two words. And what you put after I am starts the Hmm. manifestation creation.
1: I like that. I'm going to borrow that. (laughs)
0: go ahead it's free
1: (laughs) oh one of the things that I try to always express to people because I get asked this a lot because I work at a place that I have to be the first responder to a lot of people and they look at me and they give me this look of you know they give me the look and some of them will come up and say are you trans? Yes. And then they'll either go into the acceptance, denial, refusal of being who I am, or they'll say, I have a cousin, brother, daughter, you know, somebody who's done this. Is there any advice you can give me? And the only advice I give them that comes from the heart is whoever this person is in your life, first accept them. Then learn from them. And God's you just support them because those three cardinal pillars saves a person's sanity because I agonized over my uh, decision to change for almost a year before I actually had the courage to do it. And I work with retired state troopers, state police officers, and I re- work with uh, retired veterans who have had boots-on-the-ground experience. These are This is not a demographic that accepts something like this. And They've known me for 15 years, and they've known me as Allison for the last two. And it was the most frightening thing I ever did, trying to step in front of these people in our uh, squad room and uh, tell them that, I had gender dysphoria and that I was transitioning from male to female. And I, I sat there and I just lowered my head and I closed my eyes and I waited for the jokes, the crassness, I waited for the rejection. To their credit, not a single person, man or woman, denied who I wanted to be and accepted me. Now, with the test of time, True natures always come out. There's only been a there's been a very rare few, who became uh, first class patent pending dicks, and uh, I just distanced myself from them. It's a hard thing to decide to reprogram your own circuit board. It's, a, it's an even harder thing to lose a friend because you thought that they had your back and unfortunately that is a reality if there's any trans babies out there who are watching this just realize some people just won't get it
0: yep and you just gotta love them where they're at but why should you or any one of you suffer and just because you want to be who you want to be. I I just, that me is not the essence of God that I know and that I love and I know what love is now. So I want to share with the world. It doesn't matter, you know, what gender, what race, what color. It's like, I'm seeing another God in this form. And I'm like, wow, I get to meet somebody that's experiencing life, going through this and wanting to be this way. And, you know, I want to see the joy
1: well, I believe it's natural it's a natural human condition to at first fear what they what you do not understand. And I guess some people in the course of their workaday world just can't grasp the idea of you know taking it out of human form of an apple wanting to be an orange you know uh, it, to them it's like, but you're an apple. Why do you want to be an orange? And then when you try to explain it to them, instantly their ears close. They don't want to hear it. It's blah, 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 blah. But
0: you know, and- what? you know what, the thing we don't like, I guess because I'm also a mom, and I always tell my girls, do and be whoever or whatever makes you happy, that gives you joy. Yes. don't worry about what everybody else is thinking do and be what makes you happy what lights you up because there's a reason why because you in the soul and your spirit are lining up to what you wanted to be here on earth and it's just an adventure it's a journey you're going to experience things but don't take it personal don't get too hard on yourself as yeah. long as you know the target is that's who I wanna be, this is what I wanna do, and this is what I, I wanna have.
1: I like that philosophy. I also believe in past lives, so I'm thinking maybe one of my past lives bled into this one and is helping me guide my way onto the journey that I'm having now.
0: I'm so glad you said that, oh my God, yes. Because uh, I feel like, you know, when you're in your soul, I mean, I probably was a black man in a past life, I was probably a Chinese girl in a, a past life. I was probably gay in a past life. Well, I was it, a warrior. Uh, I, was, I was poor. I was rich. I was a robber. I was a murderer. I was all these things in my past life.
1: I, I must have had a problem with heights in a past life because it's the only phobia I have. Once I get past the sixth floor of a building, my knees go wobbly. So maybe I did a swan dive off of San Francisco bridge or something like that. I don't know.
0: But you know what? There's a past life regression that you can, I call it um, hypnosis. Mm -hmm. that You could go back in that, where the root of why you have that phobia of that and Mm. clear it up just like that.
1: That'd be fascinating. Yeah. I never gave it any thought. I mean, I always thought, what if I find out like I'm like, John Wilkes Booth or (laughs) typhoid Mary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've always had this. And um, I just had a lovely uh, young lady on my show. And she talks about intuitive healing and Akashic records. So she went into a little bit more detail of, you know, connecting to you at your soul level of where you're at and then can like guiding you into tapping into your akashic records and and you know what's hindering you what's blocking you and help you heal and remove whatever it is so you can go forward and i thought that was fascinating like and she goes you can change your mind energy is constantly changing You know, we talked about the psychics and the mediums and and whatnot, and I just thought that was like, wow, I can change my Akashic Records, go to my soul, and say, okay, um... So this is what's going on that could possibly happen. You know what? I'm just going to take a pencil and I'm just going to do the invisible eraser with my spiritual eraser. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Let's change it. And I want to do this kind of thing. You know, and anything's possible. Nothing's impossible. And I think there's a lot of programming on that. And then, you know, what we're taught with the programming about love. oh yeah. <laughs> and I just want to demonstrate and be that love that I could give unconditionally to everyone because everyone is a soul. We're all connected. We're just one big fucked up fun- dysfunctional family. That's all.
1: Yeah. And family is complicated.
0: <laughs> but if you could wake up and realize that we're all family, we're all. Connected to something greater and bigger, and what affects you affects me because of that soul connection. And we're all doing a disservice.
1: Yeah, kind of like
0: ourselves, but to others, but we're also affecting the planet too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because energy Um, turns into matter. Hello.
1: Yeah. Everything that's uh, solid matter in this world was first thought up with, you know, creative energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even the bad things, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Mm. But maybe, that, maybe
1: uh, that's the price of being, having free will in the universe. You know, maybe it's like, be careful what you wish for kind of thing.
0: Right. And are, be careful what you think about, because energy flows where attention goes.
1: Yes, it accumulates like magnetism.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, hmm. there's something. Oh, uh, you have a I mean, with you have a passion for sci-fi. Yeah and Um, i i I don't know you could probably go back and look but i had uh star trek laura banks from the wrath of khan as a guest on my show and we we talked about um ricardo montalban
1: ricardo Montalban.
0: montalban I, I have a problem sometimes pronouncing my words. Sorry, but, and I'm not That's sorry. Okay. This is me. If I pronounce yeah. it wrong, don't be taken personal. personal. Uh, but she talked about him. And she also is into astrology. Really? Yes. Make she has them. her own radio show and everything. So I just wanted to share that with you so you could go back and look at my past episode with Laura Banks. And you can probably kind of come up with her because you're a sci-fi Star Trek. You love Star Trek.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I would like to see on whatever property they want to do it on, I would like to see the, the reaction and muscle memory of a Starship crew having to adjust to the fact that the token hero on the ship, kind of like, uh, you know, Ensign Alpha Male. Just did this big thing. He's a hero to the Federation, a hero of Starfleet. And at the beginning of the episode, before the trailers come on, which is called the teaser, he walks into the doctor's office and says, I want to continue my service and my duty to the Federation as a woman. And then everyone on the ship, not so much that they don't like what this person is doing, because in the Star Trek universe and dogma, everybody accepts everybody. Mm-hmm. But the muscle memory of the crew's dynamic changing from instant alpha male to instant female, you know, have to get used to the fact that Jim's got a new, jam- you know, is, is now Jamie, or he is now a she. And then everybody having to deal with the fact that this drop dead gorgeous officer uh going past her memory her heart her mind is somebody else that they have to go through the you know like star trek's all about exploration they have to explore who this new person is i think that would make a wonderful show and if they could make it a permanent uh, character better it would be it would be something that everybody can look on and say well this is what we signed up in starfleet for this is why as a fan i watch star trek to explore new worlds even if they are strange that would be so right wonderful.
0: but well you, you know, know what i find fascinating with some of these sci-fi things hmm. there's different i guess ets there's different you know they're all different colors different sizes and they have their and they're just communicating with each other and being yeah. an intuitive transmedium i channel and i channels you know extraterrestrial beings celestial
1: beings,
0: and ancient civilization beings i have no idea when i when i start channeling with them what i'm saying they come in speak message and i come back going okay i'm not sure what that was and i couldn't even translate it for the you know not for the life of me but i get like little like words here and there and trying to piece it together it just takes longer for me to interpret and i'm just like that's too tiring i just like just speak the message and it's so funny because i have a hard time speaking italian french and and um spanish but when they come in and channel it's like i'm having a full-length conversation talking to somebody even though i have no idea what i'm saying and i i think that's my you know, it is a gift and I'm exploring it. And oh, yeah.
1: I envy that gift. I wish I had it.
0: Oh, you, you have some gifts, sweetie. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Um you're intuitive too.
1: Yes. Um, to do um I'm in I'm in law enforcement and to do my job I have to actually read body language. I have to understand what i can comprehend of the human condition um i have a great responsibility not to be the loose cannon that always seems to get up on the six o'clock news and to a certain extent even the person that's yelling at me that's this far from my face i am there to serve them as well Uh and i will admit sometimes i've had the temptation to say what's on my mind but there's always this thing in the back of my mind that closes that door before it opens and i thank you know providence for it that
0: um, your spirit guide for sure
1: yeah and he she it does a wonderful job because i like serving people i've um, i've been doing this for 15 years and my personality is shifting as I transition and unfortunately this job doesn't really appeal to me anymore because I'm seeing the faults and kinks in the armor Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about evolving my uh, craftsmanship along with my uh, tutorial of becoming a a different person Mm -hmm. and what that is I don't know but it's exciting
0: yeah it's a new beginning a new a new life transitioning in in and becoming because you got and I don't think a lot of people understand is if you want to become that person whoever it is whatever it is you got to let the old yes. go, remove whatever of that part of your past yeah, but to create space for the new.
1: Yes. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Um, the one transgender phrase that everybody used for their past life is their dead name. I do not dishonor or... Uh, totally reject who i was i honor who i used to be because without that person i would not exist today because it was that person and me that when we were almost one i honestly believe that your dead self had to also agree for you to become your new uh, addition so to speak it's a it's a mutual step forward and even though one soul is saying goodbye you got to honor the new soul who you are now. Has to honor who you are because if you do not pay attention to your past, I honestly and firmly believe you will have no future. Mm-hmm. So even though I no longer go by my my birth name, um, I don't refer to it as a dead name. It's an important and vital part of who I used to be. That might separate me from some transgender people but at the same time when someone calls me by my original name i give them the stare of death because that that phase of my life is over you know right and, and it's, you
0: know, it's just right. respecting that that yeah. you go by this some like time my time. daughter changed her name you know that i gave birth to to her, she chose a, a different name. She was, it makes me happy. I really like this name. I found out what it meant and whatnot. And I'm like, okay. Well, you know, and- this um- is the name that you want to be. But, you know, she gets upset with me sometimes. And I'm just, you know, being a mom and it's her, my daughter, she gets really like, mom, I'm non binary gender kind of thing it's they there so i'm like well you got to be patient with me this is like something
1: it's a it's a process it takes time it's like learning a skill
0: yeah that's what i'm trying to do and i'm like it just confuses me more <laughs> to be honest it does i'm like oh my god you know <laughs> like i can get you to be okay if you're he and now you're you know a she okay but the day and them and whatnot i just thought i can't get my head around that yet well
1: i always if when i can't understand someone something like that and believe me there are some people like that that i momentarily pause i always remember how it was for me when i was stewing the decision of coming out and how confusing it was for me because Like people who were calling me, you know, gender misgendering me or calling me by my dead name. Um, I was doing that too. I would be thinking to myself and I would address myself as my former self. And then I would mentally go inside and slap me and say, No, 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 that person's gone. This is who you are. It, It took me a long time to get my training wheels. And then after I got my training wheels, I had some transgender friends tell me, nah, nah, you ain't even out of kindergarten yet. Just wait.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is an adventure. And if it's truly meant for you, you will know it. Um, this might sound bad, but I was happy when, when I came out that my parents were no longer here. Both of them have passed. My father was a ex-drill sergeant, Ooh. he would have he killed me because in his eyes, he was losing his only son. And any uh, uh, plans or schemes he had for grandchildren imploded, would have imploded. And he could not live with that. Um, my mom, she would not have liked it either, but my mom was a more diplomatic person than my father was she would had the good manners to keep it to herself she would she would have shown support i don't think it would have been heartfelt i do have two siblings both both of them live in phoenix and my youngest sister is still having problems with allison she at first totally rejected me didn't want anything to do with me then after about a year, year and a half of stewing, she finally came back and wanted me to try to explain it to her. How can you explain living a lie and then one day waking up to give it up for the truth? So I did my best and she said she'll give me a chance. We're talking now, which is a start. My my oldest sister totally, totally accepted me. She kind of likes the fact that she's no longer the oldest sister. And she likes. <laughs> He likes having a big sister. And <laughs> but we learn by doing, we learn by trying to understand. And most important we learn by learning learning. And all knowledge is learning and therefore considered good.
0: And my thing is, is there's really nothing good, there's really nothing bad. It's just being
1: yeah. The only time I think it comes into the gray area is if the the being causes harm, then it should be questioned. It should be, okay, yeah. it's, you know, it, it should when be you're questioned.
0: When you're doing something that's a, a selfish or self-centered, then it's not selfless. You see what I'm saying? And I think if... People would just, human beings, you know, start waking up and say, you know what? It's not worth, you know, harming somebody else. Because all you're doing is hurting yourself in the long run, and then it bites you in the ass later. So why Denial. do that? I never understood, like, why, why do that? Because you know what? When you do something that hurts somebody else, you hurt yourself, and you're going to... It's going to backfire. It's law of attraction. It's universal law.
1: Yes. And um, denial is a bitch. (laughs) you got to understand who you are, what you are, and how you're going to become that person. It has to be a synchronized goal between Mm -hmm. those three questions.
0: And I think like why, you know, I, I know about the... When you agree that the reason why people lash out is because they're really hurting and they've been through something and they're lashing out.
1: Yes. Whenever I have to deal with um, people who are suicidal and uh, I discover that that person is also a transgender person, I, I always volunteer to go in first to talk to them for two reasons. I am transgender. I understand the monster that they're wrestling. And two, I hate to cheapen what I'm saying, but it's a tactical response because when I walk in and they see me in my uniform with my weapons on my belt and everything, they're going to, it's a genuine WTF moment for them.
0: (laughs) You could say, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's a genuine what the fuck moment because. On my uh, my uh, identity, I have proudly blazing at the bottom of it a transgender flag. If they don't know by the time I go in there, five minutes after I'm there, they'll know more than they want to know because I am an un- I am an under total disclosure thing. Um, some of my transgender friends say you're shooting yourself in the foot. You don't have to tell these people. I'm going Jesus. These people are on the the parapet of taking their own life I gotta let them know that I do understand what they're going through I contemplated that um, I didn't do it you know but
0: so those transgenders are really really someone staying in the closet they're not being their true authentic selves and being like you are now right yes
1: they are in the genesis of becoming and oh. sometimes sometimes like I said, birth has some pain. And one of the pains is that they're telling their parents and their family that they're becoming another person. What I try to do with an open heart is I accept them and tell them that I understand what you're going through. Let's talk about it. And then after I do that, and they're on solid ground, I say, also, please understand that your parents slash siblings slash relatives, they're going through a a mourning too, because in their eyes, they're losing the person that they love too. And it's your job, or at least your task to inform them. They don't have to lament over the loss of this person. That person is still inside and loves them very much. And I also try to, par- try to tell the parents that too, that this person that's changing and is doing this is doing a very brave and Dangerous thing because change does bring an inherent danger with it. But if the pluses outweigh the minuses, it's gonna it's gonna be a good good change. And I consider it my duty to help those who don't understand the confusion, the pain, the quagmires, the paradoxes, all these things that are crashing into their brain pan. That there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and the light is more than an oncoming train
0: well here's i mean wouldn't it be safe to say allison that you know when you're already struggling because you're denying your uh, yourself that wants to be another way uh, in another not well i guess another form it's just like you're not happy where you're at you're not happy with who you are and, and, you know, growing up and the confusion, and everything. And then when you start saying, well, wait a minute, that really makes me more happy if I could wear this, I love makeup. I love, you know, so to me, it's okay. You discovered what really gives you joy and who you want to be. Yeah. What the rest, be it.
1: Yeah. And um, one of the words or the the magic words that I like using when I'm in a conference with the family and the uh, transgender person in question, the magic word is evolution. Mm -hmm. It was the parents job to raise this child and they've done a wonderful job. They've reached a point in their evolution where in order to exist any further, they have to change. Change is a major factor in life. I don't care what your orientation is in this world. If you do not change, you will stagnate. And stagnation never ends happily.
0: Oh, yeah. I see that constantly every day.
1: Yeah. It is not your right. It's not my right. It's not the people watching's right to stop somebody in the course of their evolution. Uh, We may not understand it. We may not own it. But I think the, the worst crime would be not allowing it to happen.
0: Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it's... Let them be. I,
1: exactly.
0: And you know what? I have something that I'm, I'm going to um, create. I'm in the process of creating. And uh, it has something in, in reference to being me. Hmm and i'm getting ready to launch and promote it because of my my season it's just there's some formalities and getting things going in that aspect but i would love to when it comes together and becomes a physical thing mm-hmm. uh give that to you as a gift
1: i would appreciate that. I love watching uh, creativity in all forms. Post-production is one of the funnest things. That, I mean, it, it's it's absolutely amazing because you you get in a room with people, uh, you go crazy on chalkboards, you go uh, crazy with uh, post-it notes, and then you, you collaborate.
0: Yeah, I love yeah, that part. Post-it notes.
1: I was looking at that. Yeah, I was thinking that. I'm going, this is someone who her month is like full
0: oh yeah you haven't seen my uh planner (laughs) and now i'm like okay because i take this show this is my baby this is my business this is my career and i'm running a one-man show right now
1: i understand it's um
0: you gotta be in in like organizing your time management rescheduling and adjusting in, I work a part-time job and I'm going to online school.
1: I'm taking classes in child psychology. So it could help me a little bit more when I have to deal with people who are going through what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I I like the idea of going going into somebody's mind and conquering the demons for lack of a better uh, metaphor. It's the human mind has always fascinated me. I think that's why I write. That's why I write, because I like um, everybody says that, you know, the heroes are important. But when I'm writing something and I have a dark villain, it's like before I even write the first descriptive of this person, I have to know this person's lifeline. I have to know everything in their life and that one dark moment that turned them from an angel into a demon. Because it's in learning that, that you also learn about yourself because one of my favorite uh, heroes, as far as literature goes, was the uh, writer Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who's known for creating Sherlock Holmes. He was once asked, did he have any of the uh, abilities that he gave Sherlock Holmes. And he said, yes, of course, in order for me to create it and describe it in an entertaining way, that element of that character's persona had to be within me. And in learning demons, fictional demons, I can learn a little bit more about myself. And that's the exciting part of writing to me.
0: Wow. And I have to I have to give you... Uh, you're a first responder you you are the most amazing beautiful goddess Thank and it's been truly an honor and a pleasure to meet you same here and i would love to stay in touch and i'm gonna get you that gift just wait do you like coffee or tea
1: I like both. I go both ways, but uh, I like uh, I? just 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 regular coffee. But uh, in keeping in tradition with my Star Trek fandom, I do like Earl Grey tea.
0: Ooh, okay. And I like um, it. A lot. <laughs> I will. I will definitely. Uh, you need to email me your address so I could ship it to you. I will. And I think you you'll like this. Oh, cool. hey, and I'm hey. just like, we got to go, we got to meet up. If you ever come down to South Florida, you better let me know, Allison. Cause I would love to take you out and show you around and meet some interesting friends that I know that are, um, transgenders, cross-dressers. I, it's like, I don't care. It just be happy. Be you, as long as you be you and you like being who you are, that gives me joy.
1: I used to live in St. Petersburg back when I was like 12 years old. Oh, really? Yep. My My dad worked for Exxon Oil and worked down in the Gulf there. And we lived in uh, Clearwater, uh, St. Petersburg, and then we lived in a little town called Dunedin, which I assume is not so little, little anymore.
0: So. What city? Dunedin. Dunedin. Dunedin.
1: It's like between St. Petersburg and Clearwater.
0: Okay. I've never heard of it, honestly. No, Yeah, we all live
1: there. Yeah, I probably don't
0: like- fly there doing like 80 miles an hour on the jump bike somewhere wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's all
1: good. That's all good. Uh, Florida was wonderful. I loved, uh, I loved the beaches. And Clearwater, for its name, had like some of the clearest water I ever saw, even to this day. I, I mean, I remember it in my mind. It left an impression.
0: Wow. Nice well, note. I love it. I I left it for a year. I went to Texas because my oldest daughter blessed me with my second granddaughter. Then we got hit with Harvey. So, mm. you know, I tried it out because I lived in Florida most of my life. And, you know, when I was a kid, yeah, we moved. But as an adult, I didn't do it. So... It was just an opportunity and I took it. But when I got back to Florida, I was like, I'm home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can get that. I I miss Los Angeles and every now and then I want to go there. But um, three things keep me from doing it. COVID, cost of living, and the earthquakes. I can live without the earthquakes. I mean, yeah, they have tornadoes here, but meh.
0: Oh, I deal with the hurricanes here. But it's like I so appreciate you know the the sunrises and the sunsets i get both
1: yeah um, so. I, I remember i saw a lot of amazing sunsets when i was staring out at the gulf so yeah i can see that
0: so definitely let me know if you're going to come and visit i would love to hook up and just celebrate I just
1: uh, i just sent you uh, on a private yeah chat i
0: got it bag. right here
1: Boom. So instant And
0: I wish you the best of success. Thank you.
1: And if you ever want me to come back, all you got to do is just invite me. I'll be happy to accept.
0: I will for sure. (laughs) Well, there you go. That was a touching. And I love her spark, her passion, and her being the best version of herself and you never know who I'm gonna get on this show gotta keep staying tuned to wake up with KC until then keep watching